Hello, I'm Paul Mangel. I'm Balnoz Xeni. And I'm Yulia Stancheva. Welcome to Just Say the Word, a podcast in which we pay homage to our relationship with words, their meaning and their power to create our world. In every episode, we invite a special guest and ask them, what is your word? What does it mean to you? Where does it come from? As we immerse ourselves in the world of each guest, we will tell you the story of their chosen word and how it relates to their life's experiences, successes and achievements. Our guest in this show is Krasimira Hendry, a journalist who has worked for Al Jazeera and CNN and is currently a world duty editor at the BBC World Service. Alongside her BBC career, she runs a free journalism masterclass in two universities in Bulgaria, teaching disinformation and social media behavior to young Bulgarian journalists, and runs a hypnotherapy clinic in London. Casimir, it's so great to have you on the show. Welcome. Thank you for inviting me. It's a pleasure. And the time has come for you to just say the word. Resilience. Now, that really is a word that seems to speak so much about our current situation and what we've been through over the last two or three years. But tell us, why why have you brought this word along to the show? As a journalist, I used to work for the Bulgarian National Television as one of their main presenters. And during a huge political crisis, I was forced to leave the country. Um, I arrived to the UK at uh, age of 28 without speaking a word of English. Uh, so for me, the fall was from the top of journalism in my native Bulgaria mm. to being nobody here. And throughout the years, I didn't even know what the word resilience means then. But throughout the years, um, it's been something that I feel connected to. Resilience represents five pillars. And this is um, self-care, self-awareness, mindfulness and relationships and Uh, resistance. Some people would say resilience comes uniquely from experience. In other words, it's by living through that you gain this resilience. But I think lots of other people would say, no, you can you can prepare yourself and, and give yourself a better chance to be resilient. Where, where do you see those two? Um, you know, Paul, Many years ago, I was part of uh, one of these pre-prepared corporate training on career development. Um, And a lot of us uh, were put in a room um, saying, tell us what represents you. And I then went with the word love, which obviously in the corporate world doesn't mean much. Mm. Uh, Telling my story, uh, a very, very young trainer said to me, I don't think you're resilient enough in a corporate world. Mm. And that was a mind opener for Mm. me. In my personal life, I might be resilient and everybody is resilient to a certain extent. But in a professional life, you have to show completely different setup of skills to enable you to survive that competition. You know, do you think people have to be resilient? Is that an absolute given in this day and age? Uh, Or is is there room for the... The word is snowflake. You know, mm. it's it's oh, it's, yes. it's kind of like the opposite of of, oh, of yes. the resilience people who haven't been getting. But is there just this dichotomy between the two? You either are one or the other. I think you can fluctuate in between 
being resilient and not. And that's normal. In human psychology, you're not this Iron Man or Iron Woman that would survive any crisis. We are allowed not to be okay. You know, that, that great saying, it's okay not to be okay, that shows resilience as well. And you see how um, we as a nation come out after huge crisis. You know, we started uh, with uh, Brexit, then we had uh, COVID. Before we recovered completely, there is a war in the middle of Europe. Um, resilience is something that each one of us shows um, and hold on to, but it doesn't mean that you have to be all the time that strong person. You know better than me the mental health issues we face in this country um, and how sometimes we swipe under the carpet issues until they become too big to deal with us. And in my spare time as a therapist, I see these people every day. I see people crumble under the um, unsolved problems, under un unspoken conversations, people who are hiding how they feel for so long that they simply can't continue. But I think it's our duty if you and when you come in contact with that sort of people or when you become that, you know, that a broken person, to ask for help, to speak it out, and, and to make sure that doesn't make you uh, less of a person. Um, and it's for everybody. Uh, and this is what I'm trying to teach my own children, that it's okay to cry. It's okay to say, I can't cope with that anymore. That is resilience as well. Yeah, that's, that's a very good point. Because one of the things that sometimes people, the trap maybe, you know, resilience um, might be seen as making sure you've got this hard outer shell, that you've got this ability to be able to cope with what the word throws at you. And sometimes if that shell becomes too hard or too fixed, you lose empathy. You you stop actually seeing what other people's problems are. You may have put this, this shell around you. So resilience has got this... Uh, I think to be really effective has got to have that ability to be able to fluctuate, as to, to, to use your word. I worked with quite a lot of um, war correspondents. Yeah. Um, and um, recently uh, I was uh, listening to the BBC to a documentary made by Alan Little. Alan Little, who is the, you know, one of the best names in, in war journalism. And Alan was talking about his experience uh, through and what he went through the, the wars in, in Bosnia, mm. which I also covered as a very, very young and inexperienced journalist mm. and, and how that affected every single war correspondent, the people we, who we see on television who are, you know, covered with that glory of being super successful journalists, um, now are starting to come up with dealing with their own, uh, you know, mental health issues mm. with the post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm. This is also, you know, seen in the former soldiers. Um, and one of his lines uh, in this documentary that really touched me was, uh, you know, uh, we came to the stage when we cannot speak to what we've been through. We just keep going, mm, keep mm. going. Now, I have the same experience with the journalists who are in Ukraine. Mm. How do we help these people? They are resilient. They are more than resilient to have their homes bombarded mm. and then go back and report on having your home destroyed and mm. keep that together and keep the story going. And this goes to your therapist side. What's the process by which you help people who either have built that impenetrable wall with this, with this incredibly difficult thing inside? Or how do you help people with something that's a personal event, like, for example, not being able to grieve for their family yeah. during COVID, oh, you know, something oh, like huge. that? It's, for me, therapy in my... Uh, 
career came as a plan B. Mm. Because after 30 years in journalism, I've realized that I find it difficult to cope with things that are happening in my professional life and in my private life. Mm. And I chose um, to do hypnotherapy and the mindscaping to work with a psychiatrist just to find who I am. Mm. And it worked out. Mm. Um, and of course, hypnotherapy is different than, you know, psychology, but we use the same methods. Mm. Um, I've had a client who was dealing with bereavement and she just couldn't, couldn't let go because she wasn't allowed to say goodbye to her husband. Uh, she wasn't allowed to bury him properly. She wasn't allowed to organize the, you know, the, the saying goodbyes for the family later. Uh, and, and her pain was that, you know, all this was happening to her when there was a pie ticket going on. Um, and it's not only bereavement, you know, um, I work with a lot of uh, addictions. Uh, I work with people who had, they lost their path. They can't find it. Um, and then, obviously, I have to follow a certain pattern, uh, which is required by the conduct of uh, hypnotherapy. Mm. At the end of the process, it's such a joy for somebody to come and say, you've changed my life. And that's the same for journalism. When somebody said, I said, Crassie, you know what? That interview was actually rather good. I think that's it. I mean, it's a very good analogy. We've talked about resilience and the kind of core of resilience or where it comes from. And we've, we've, we've touched on uh, war and death and bereavement and, and a lot of the sad things. But resilience comes from other places as well, I think. You know, for example, travel, uh, putting yourself in a new and exciting place and seeing how you cope and deal with that. How, how much do you enjoy traveling? And I love it. Um, it's just I thrive when I'm on the road. Yeah. Um, and actually, um, I went to search for hypnotherapy because I had enormous fear of flying. Mm. So I said something, you know, that, that jeopardizes my job, that jeopardizes everything I represent, the love of travel, the discovery of new, uh, new places yeah. and yeah. new cultures and everything. Yeah, it's, it's where your heart is. Yeah. where your heart is and you travel and you see things. Um, a couple of years ago, I went to Delhi uh, for the BBC. Um, before that, I spent two years in Moscow, uh, again, working for the BBC. And it's a different culture, as you see, um, in India, how these little children on the road and you, you just can't, either they're homeless or they're beggars, and you, and you really want to give them something and you're advised not to do it. And mm. the poverty, the level of misery and human su suffering it, it's it's beyond anything uh you know i i could have comprehend i grew up in mozambique uh, because my father used to work in africa and i've seen that poverty yeah. and you know in bulgaria when i grew up in the 70s and 80s we were poor yes. uh, the, the communism was merciless to to all of us and you know all the economic supply were taken to russia clearly uh, to serve their economy uh, so poverty and not having much is not something that puzzles me mm. but when you travel and you see that but then on the other hand, when, when we went to Thailand, um, I just discovered that probably deep in my heart, Christianity is not where I belong to. I was transformed by Buddhist chanting and wanting to learn more about that culture and in a way finding a tiny bit of myself 
in that part of the world. It's very true that a lot of philosophies, religions, uh, beliefs are in some part about being resilient. I was thinking about your children, you know, pushing them into travel. Is that something? Would you would you always say, look, take yourself out of your comfort zone and go and do this, that or the other? We, uh, my husband and I drugged them to all our trips. So it's not family trip. The, okay. the kids are not with us. So they've been drugged from very early ages to do, um, you know, um, we've traveled um, Europe on in the car. That's our favorite uh, way to travel. To, to travel and see places. Um, we've done uh, the United States in the car. And now they're 19. Uh, I encourage them to travel. <laughs> but what happened is uh, literally uh, two days ago, so they went on their first trip abroad in Europe, um, full of joy with other friends. <laughs> and on the second night, we had a call from a hospital that one of them is violently sick. Oh, no. And, yeah, and because they enjoyed it and they had pasta or whatever. Mm. And uh, and they've been, you know, gastroenteritis in severe yeah. form. I've looked at my husband and I said, we encourage that trip mm. and see what's mm. happening. He said, but this is how they learn. Yeah, uh, that's it. They will survive. Yeah. So they came back. <laughs> bitten, bruised and, and battered. Mm. But that was an experience for them. So they will never go away thinking I'm safe here or nothing could happen to me or have I got medical insurance? So as a mother, I was really worried. But then again, they survived. And that's it. That's where experience builds up, uh, even yeah. if it, even if it's within Europe, and you know you haven't necessarily gone to, uh, you know, the world's most dangerous place. Nevertheless, you have, you've you, something's happened to you. You've, yeah. you've you've got over it. You've come back. You have and to you're follow your heart. It. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I think um, when you follow your heart, you build confidence. Yes. And you build competence. Yes. You know how to deal with certain situations. Yes. And that is part of resilience as well. Just say the word. Just say the word. Resilience. What is the most common notion that comes to your mind when you hear that word? For me, this is the ability to withstand adversity and bounce back from difficult life events. To be resilient also means to be bendable, flexible, strong and tough. The term resilience was introduced into the English language in the early 17th century from the Latin verb resilire meaning to rebound or recoil. By the mid-19th century, resilient emerged as a technical term in the watchmaking industry, referring to flexible qualities of internal components that prevented excessive vibration. In the 1850s, resilient was used to describe being resistant or not susceptible to something. Resilience in engineering and construction is the ability of buildings and infrastructure to absorb assaults without suffering complete failure. And in material science, it's the ability of a material to absorb energy when deformed and release that energy upon unloading. When we talk about psychological resilience, we refer to an individual's ability to adapt in the face of adverse conditions, while community resilience is the adaptive capacities of communities and societies to manage change and adversities over time. In my native country, Kazakhstan, for example, Kazakh people have displayed a great deal of community resilience during Soviet times. As you may know, during those years, the Russian language was actively promoted as a common bond that united the Soviet countries. And it was assigned a central role in all of them, including Kazakhstan. People say that during those times, speaking Kazakh in public was frowned upon. While speaking fluent Russian, 
meant better jobs, faster promotions, and all other different benefits you can think of. But the Kazakh language was able to survive due to the resilience of the Kazakh people who continued to speak their native language within the safety of their own homes. Even though I was born after Soviet disintegration, at home my dad would still not allow us to speak another language other than Kazakh. The Kazakh language did suffer the consequences of those times. There are numerous households where Russian is still the main spoken language. However, I am very happy that my people showed resilience in preserving our native language and not allowing it to become extinct. Just say the word. Just say the word. When it comes to resilience, the cultural message seems to be in the midst of life's challenges and sometimes adversity, master all your personal resources and push yourself to the limit without actually breaking. But while resilience means to demonstrate mental, emotional and behavioral flexibility, it does not diminish the need to feel and process pain, hurt, grief, sorrow or anger. Can music contribute to resilience? Whilst I was doing my research, I came across a very interesting project called The Music and Resilience, which seeks to promote community music and music therapy as best practices for the prevention of social and cultural deprivation and isolation for young Palestinian refugees in Lebanon. Music has proved to be a successful tool for developing resilience, not only for the children and adolescents who are born, live and grow up within the traumatic conditions of the refugee camps. It helps anyone really, regardless of their background, age or ethnicity. We all have at least one song that stirs up the resilience in us every time we listen to it, right? Many songwriters have tapped into their personal strength to write empowering songs about resilience. I recall Hero by Mariah Carey from her third album, Music Box, where she sings, Look inside you and be strong, and you'll finally see the truth that a hero lies in you. The song charted at number one on the Billboard Hot 100 back in 1993, and it became one of Mariah's signature songs. Other notorious songs that call upon our resilience are Keep Holding On by Avril Lavigne, Fighter by Christina Aguilera, Roar by Katy Perry, and Warrior by Demi Lovato. My personal favorite is Rise Up by Andre Day, a beautiful song with strong motivational lyrics. I'll rise up and I'll do it a thousand times again for you. What a great reminder that offering support to others when they feel weak is so important. And let's not forget Stronger by Kelly Clarkson with the famous refrain, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. I'll be the one by your side Through the good and the times when we're laughing When we're hurting I'll be the one that you need Through the love and of strength in the midst of difficult circumstances, which can be found in films, TV shows, and documentaries. Some of those stories are very moving, 
They can make us cry and yet also motivate us. Like one of my all-time favorite movies, Life is Beautiful from 1997, directed by and starring Roberto Benigni. The film is a heartfelt story about a Jewish waiter who displays a great deal of resilience using a perfect mixture of will, humor, and imagination to protect his son from the dangers in the Nazi camp. The film was a critical success, winning Benigni the Academy Award for Best Actor, as well as the Academy Award for Best Original Dramatic Score and the Academy Award for Best Foreign Language Film. Another powerful and classic story is The Shawshank Redemption from 1994, with Tim Robbins and Morgan Freeman, one of the best film adaptations of Stephen King's work. The film is a triumph of the human spirit over injustice and indignity. It portrays the main character's unique way of dealing with his new tortuous life. It received multiple award nominations, including seven Oscar nominations and rave reviews from critics. I was very curious to learn about the documentary called Bodies of Resilience, which is about a group of asylum seekers in Greece. The refugees come from different places – Afghanistan, Albania, Bangladesh, Senegal, Tanzania and Turkey. The documentary follows their recount of painful stories about their pre-flight suffering, harrowing journeys and reflections on Greek life during the financial crisis. Another documentary which is a portrait of resilience is the 2015 He Named Me Malala, about Malala Yousafzai, a Pakistani activist who was shot in the head by the Taliban in 2012 when she was just 15 years old. She miraculously survived and recovered from her injuries and began using her voice to promote peace and education for girls. The documentary is a reminder to us all that no matter how young or vulnerable you are, you can overcome the most devastating of circumstances and be an emblem of hope for the oppressed. Who are the most resilient fictional characters? Or let's just put it that way, who are the biggest badasses in the movies, animations and books? Let's explore together. We can say some of the toughest movie characters of all time are Beatrix Kiddo from the Quentin Tarantino saga Kill Bill, Ellen Ripley from Alien, James Bond from the 007 franchise, Ethan Hunt from the Mission Impossible, Han Solo from the Star Wars, Rumble, Indiana Jones, and of course, John McClane from the Die Hard series. But some of these characters are one-dimensional. So what about Katniss Everdeen from The Hunger Games, or Frodo and Sam from Lord of the Rings? These characters are both strong and vulnerable. What unites them all is their resilience, strength of character, and mental fortitude when it comes to facing challenges and insurmountable odds. Disney characters are no strangers to showing triumph in times of adversity. As the emperor in Mulan said, the flower that blooms in adversity is the most rare and beautiful of all. Mulan is undoubtedly one of the strongest female characters in Disney history. 
She saves her father by taking his place in the army and trains herself in completely new skills to become the strongest warrior in China. Other famous Disney characters who overcame the odds are Anna in Frozen. She sacrifices her own interests to help others. And Simba in The Lion King, who teaches us a lesson that there is always hope. Even when the world grows gray and barren, there is still a chance to save it. In literature, there are many protagonists who deal with adversity and display great determination and perseverance. Odysseus traveled for decades, facing monsters and war in order to get home to his wife. Forrest Gump in Winston Groom's 1986 eponymous novel and the 1994 film was unstoppable and absolutely admirable. Also, Don Quixote de la Mancha, Harry Potter, and of course, Atticus Finch, the tenacious lawyer in Harper Lee's novel To Kill a Mockingbird. They are all extraordinary characters. They never give up, despite the hardship they face. Resilience is something that is within each of us, and there are many books that talk about the tools and techniques we can use to become more resilient. In option B, facing adversity, building resilience and finding joy, the Facebook executive Sheryl Sandberg talks about her personal experience of losing her husband, raising resilient kids and finding strength in family. Resilience comes from deep within us and from support outside us. Even after the most devastating events, it is possible to grow by finding deeper meaning and gaining greater appreciation in our lives. In option B, Sandberg illuminates how to help others in crisis, develop compassion for ourselves, and create resilient families, communities, and workplaces. Big Magic Creative Living Beyond Fear by Elizabeth Gilbert. The title may not strike you as a resilience book, but in fact it is. When we fail, or something doesn't go right, whether it be a job, an entrepreneurial venture, a marriage, Gilbert urges the reader to use our own creativity as a tool of letting go and moving forward. We talked about how resilience can be a very powerful, positive and inspiring word in the arts and culture. But there is another side of it once you change the narrative. It seems that resilience has become a buzzword at our workplaces. In recent years, we witness how managements emphasize on the employee's ability to develop better coping skills for conditions, practices or behaviors they are forced to endure in certain organizations and industries. Some HR experts say that it takes responsibility away from the leadership to do better. And when resilience runs out, a disengaged and resentful workforce is not going to deliver the bottom line results. After all, everyone has a breaking point and our work cultures add work-life pushes on top of personal life pushes. People are given the extra burden to work on themselves psychologically. It's placing blame at the level of the individual and their coping ability without also acknowledging the role external factors play, like job insecurity, sensationalized media coverage, uncertainty regarding rules and the future. 
explains cognitive behavioral therapist Jerry Cyril. Looking from a different angle in his book Fortitude, Unpicking the Myth of Resilience, Bruce Daisley explores the mistakes we make while talking about resilience. He points out that our approach to resilience is wrong. When someone is feeling overwhelmed and anxious, telling them to be resilient serves to minimize the cause of their distress. If a youngster is feeling lonely and isolated, demanding resilience of them is thin-eared writes Bruce Daisley in his book. He advocates that resilience is the strength we draw from each other. We need to seek to be inventive with our capacity to connect, as our resilience depends upon it. So let's stop shouldering the burden of well-being and rethink the resilience narrative. Do you agree? Let us know. This episode was written and produced by me, Yulia Stancheva, for Alpha CRC. My co-hosts are Paul Mangel and Balnur Jekseni. Sound design, Alpha Studios. Audio engineers, Mikos Nanazi and Gerard Rodriguez. With special thanks to our guest, Krasimira Hendry. If you like this show, please don't forget to share it with others. Rate it and subscribe so you never miss another episode. Thank you for listening. We will be back in two weeks' time. Just say the word. 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 This podcast was brought to you by Alpha CRC. Global enterprise localization, local user experience.